this episode, I will give you guidance on how to continue daily prayer on your own. I will be making specific reference to various pages in the Book of Common Worship, Daily Prayer Edition, prepared by the Office of Theology and Worship of the Presbyterian Church USA, and published by Westminster John Knox Press in 2018. The ISBN is 9780664503529. If you don't have it, you can order it from the Presbyterian Church USA's online store at www.pcusastore.com or at various other online bookstores. The daily prayer edition of the Book of Common Worship contains a variety of materials that the regular, larger, edition of the Book of Common Worship does not, so please make sure you have the correct volume. It's a small little book, a little bit larger than pocket size, with a burgundy cover. Here is what we're going to cover in this episode. First, I will talk about the church calendar and how to figure out what day it is in the liturgical calendar and therefore what readings to use. Then we're going to walk through the process of doing morning prayer, midday prayer, evening prayer, and prayer at the close of day, all for Monday, May 29th, 2023, which is the first day following the end of this podcast. After that, I'll talk about special seasons and days, such as Trinity Sunday, which is coming up next weekend, and we'll cover the seasons of Advent, Christmas, Lent, and Easter. Along the way, we'll talk about many other features in the daily prayer book. And finally, I will talk about the Vigil of the Resurrection, the special service for Saturday evening that leads into Sunday worship. In the written show notes for this episode, I will put timestamps telling you where to find those various sections in this episode. So, let's begin with the church calendar. How do you know what day it is and what readings to read? Turn to pages 644 and 645, which are almost at the very end of the book. Here you will find a table of lectionary cycles and major celebrations. Each line in this table represents a specific year, and it shows you the dates in that year for the first Sunday of Advent, Ash Wednesday, the Resurrection of the Lord, that is, Easter Sunday, the Ascension of the Lord, and the Day of Pentecost. So if you look in the Day of Pentecost column, about seven lines down, you will find today's date, May 28, 2023. If you follow that line across, you will see it tells you we are currently in year A in the three-year Revised Common Lectionary. That's the cycle of readings your church might be using for Sunday mornings. You don't need to worry about that for the purposes of daily prayer. The table also tells you that we are currently in year one in the two-year daily lectionary. That is the very important information that you need to know as it determines what scripture readings you will be reading on any given day. Now, if you turn to page 602, you will find the start of the two-year daily lectionary table of readings. It begins with the Sunday in the first week of Advent, and then it continues with Monday and Tuesday and so forth, going pretty much day by day, all the way through an entire year. The table continues all the way to page 641. 
Let's look for where we are right now, today, May 28th, 2023. Well, turn a number of pages, pass through Advent, and then Christmas, and then the weeks following Epiphany, and then you'll find Lent, keep turning pages, now you're in the season of Easter, and eventually, on page 621, you will find week of Pentecost at the bottom of that page. The scripture readings for Pentecost in year one are, if you see that year one column, are Isaiah 11, 1 through 9, 1 Corinthians 2, verses 1 through 13, and John 14, verses 21 to 29. Those are the readings you've been hearing today in this podcast. Now, let's figure out what the readings are for tomorrow, Monday, May 29th, 2023. This next part is one of the trickiest parts of this whole endeavor, and it's tricky because the date for Easter fluctuates so widely. And because Easter fluctuates, everything from Ash Wednesday through Pentecost also fluctuates. From Ash Wednesday to Pentecost, the readings are tied to the liturgical calendar, but from Pentecost all the way until the start of Advent, the readings are tied to the civil calendar. So we're making a transition here from the liturgical calendar to the civil calendar, which means we need to figure out which week we're in. Turn the page to page 622. And first, at the top of that page, you will see the readings for the Eve of Trinity Sunday and for Trinity Sunday. You're going to use those readings next weekend. Don't worry about them quite yet. After that, you will see headings like week following Sunday between May 11th and 16th inclusive if after Pentecost Sunday. That means you will use those readings if there's a Sunday between May 11th and 16th that is after Pentecost. There's not this year, so you're not going to use those readings this year at all. Move on to week following Sunday between May 17th and 23, inclusive if after Pentecost Sunday. Well, we're not going to use those readings this year either, since Pentecost is on May 28th. Go on to the next section week following Sunday between May 24th and 28th inclusive if after Pentecost Sunday. Here we go. This is what we are looking for because this set of readings includes May 28th. These are the readings we need for this week that started today. Except we don't need the readings for Sunday because we used the readings for Pentecost instead. Does this make sense? I sure hope so because you don't really have a way to ask me questions in this podcast format. Just trust me that this gets easier with time. We need the readings for Monday, May 29th. They are right here in this section. Look at the Monday lines, and then look down the year one column, and you will see Deuteronomy 4, 9-14, 2 Corinthians 1, 1-11, and Luke 14, 25-35. Those are your readings for tomorrow. Tuesday's readings are right after that, Deuteronomy 4, 15-24, and so on. Now, I strongly encourage you to take the red ribbon that comes attached to the book and place that red ribbon right here on this page. This is a page you're going to keep coming back to all week. Next week, you'll move the reading, excuse me, you'll move the ribbon to the next page, and you'll just keep using that red ribbon to mark your place all the way through the year. All right, that was a little complicated. We've got two more things to cover before we're ready to start morning prayer, so just bear with me here. 
The first is the Psalms. Now, in this table that you're looking at right now on page 623, you'll see that there is a list of psalm readings here included for the two-year daily lectionary. I used to use this set of psalm readings. I eventually concluded that I wanted to try something different, because in this uh, lectionary cycle of psalm readings, some of the psalms get repeated every single week. Psalms 145 to 150 get repeated every single week while many, many other psalms never, ever show up at all. Trust me on this one. I studied it carefully. If you turn to pages 642 and 643, sometimes the pages get a little stuck. There we go. 642 and 643, you are going to see two other options. The chart on page 642 covers all 150 psalms in sequence over a 30-day period. The idea is you would use these 12 times a year. That's pretty ambitious. On the first day of each month, for example, you would read a total of eight psalms. That's more than you might want to do. So if you look instead at page 643, you will find a table showing all 150 psalms spread out in a different order over an eight-week period. I have studied this list closely. Every psalm is included here exactly once. This is the table I've been using recently for the psalms. Now, you're free to use whichever method you want. If you want to keep going with the cycle I've been using here, you're going to start with week three. We just read Psalm 51 this morning, and we'll be reading Psalm 139 this evening. So tomorrow, you will read Psalm 55 in the morning and Psalms 8 and 56 in the evening. And you're just going to keep going through, and when you get to the end of week 8, you'll just start back over at week 1. The final piece relating to the calendar is the Calendar of Commemorations, which begins on page 646 and 647. This is a long list of significant Christians throughout history and some other events who can be commemorated throughout the year, typically on the day of their death. The Roman Catholic Church, the Orthodox Church, the Episcopal Church, some Lutheran churches, and some other smaller branches of the Christian Church all have official lists of saints whose lives are commemorated annually that are similar to this list. Those lists have all developed over a long period of decades and even centuries. To my knowledge, this is the first instance of a list such as this in an official Presbyterian resource. Generally speaking, many of the Christians in this list also appear in one or more of those other lists. But some of the people listed here are unique to our own history, for example, John Knox and John Calvin. And there are a few listed here that honestly are complete unknowns to me. I have tried to figure out who some of these people are, and so far I have failed. Generally speaking, I have kept my eye on this list as we move through the year, and I've made a comment in the morning prayer when it's a day of commemoration for a person who appears in the Bible. You are free to use this list as much or as little as you want. I do think there's value in a list like this as it gives us a greater awareness of our history 
and the very important people who have shaped Christian theology, ethics, worship, and Christian living over the centuries. Okay, now we are ready to move on to morning prayer. If you go back to the very beginning of the book, to the table of contents on page Roman numeral 3, you will see that the services of daily prayer begin on page 10. So their general instructions for morning, midday, evening, and night prayer are between pages 10 and 90. There are actually 28 separate services on those 80 pages. They give directions for all four services for each of the seven days of the week. Four times seven is 28. So the first one is Saturday evening prayer, which you will find on page, just a moment, on page 13. It's followed by Saturday night prayer on page 16, and Sunday morning prayer on page 19, and so on. It just goes throughout the whole week, beginning with Saturday evening and concluding with Saturday midday, which starts on page 89. Now this is where you are going to find the services for the times between Epiphany and Ash Wednesday, and again between Pentecost and the first Sunday of Advent, so more than half of the year, basically all the regular days of the church year. So we're going to begin with Monday morning prayer, which you can find on page 30. Now this really is quite simple. It's going to sound complicated perhaps at first, but really you just need to follow the directions in red. You can see from the outset that there are some options. The opening couple lines in red tell you that you can omit the thanksgiving for baptism if you wish. When I first started this podcast, I did not include that portion, but then I added it later on. So begin with the opening sentences. Then continue with the morning psalm or hymn. They give you here four suggested psalms. I've simply rotated between all four throughout the entire history of this podcast. If you have either of the two most recent Presbyterian hymnals, Glory to God, or abbreviated GTG, or the Presbyterian hymnal, abbreviated PH, you could use one of the hymns that's suggested here. Now, take that gray ribbon that's included attached to the book and put it here on this page that you're using right now because you're going to be coming back here every time you step away from this page. So if you wanted to use Psalm 95 or Psalm 100, for example, you would find those psalms later on in this book, and then you would come back here when you're done. So put your gray marker, your gray ribbon, right here. After the morning psalm or hymn, you can include the thanksgiving for baptism if you wish. That one's optional. Then come the psalm or psalms appointed for the day. Now remember, you've got several different options here. If you want to continue with the eight-week psalter on page 643 that we were looking at a few minutes ago, you would read Psalm 55 at this point. Now, the Book of Common Worship includes the full text of all 150 psalms. You can find Psalm 55 on page 312. Let's go there now. For all of the psalms contained in this book, there are notations that you can pay attention to if you wish to sing the psalm. 
For example, it says tone 8 right after Psalm 53. Well, if you look at page 252, keep your finger on page 312. We're going to come back there. If you go to page 252, you're going to see a musical setting uh, that says 8, lament, at the top. This is tone 8. If you turn back to page 241 and continue through page 244, you're going to find some instructions for how to use these psalm tones. I'm not going to explain all that in depth right now, but now you know what tone 8 is. There are 8 different tones. Go back to Psalm 55 on page 312. You'll notice a red R right at the beginning of the psalm, and periodically throughout that means refrain. That it, There's also uh, little red marks in each line of the psalm. Those marks are explained in that section we were just looking at. Don't worry about those right now. You can just simply read the psalm if you wish. Once you've finished reading or singing the psalm and have read the prayer that accompanies the psalm, which in this case is at the end on page 314 after the conclusion of the psalm, then you're just going to continue where you left off with daily prayer at the top of page 31. So go back to where your gray ribbon is. Now it's time for the scripture readings. Now you're going to turn back to where your red ribbon is on page 623. In year one, it's typical to read the gospel in the evening and the other New Testament reading in the morning. In year two, it's typical to do the reverse. So since this is year one, your reading for morning prayer for Monday, May 29th, will be 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 1 through 11. Once you've read that in your Bible, go back to page 31 again. You'll read one of those responses. You can have some time for reflection, if you wish. And then, when you're ready, move on to the canticle. Canticles are biblical songs that are not part of the Psalter, and they can all be found on pages 424 to 444. For morning prayer, during most of the year, you're going to use the Benedictus, also called the Song of Zechariah, which can be found on pages 424 and 425. Let's go there now. You'll notice here there's a tone that goes with it. It also says that it shows up in Glory to God and the Presbyterian Hymnal, and also P.S., stands for the Psalter, Psalms, and Canticles for Singing, which is another Presbyterian resource. So you can either read this canticle, or you can use one of those musical versions. Those of you who've been here from the beginning may remember that during the first year I was trying to sing these psalms. I eventually concluded it was a whole lot easier, especially for the purposes of the podcast, to just read them. But other people who are more musically inclined than I am might have an easier time of that. Now, you'll notice here there are a couple different refrain options. I do include the refrains when I'm reading these canticles, um, and there's also additional seasonal refrains on page 425 for this particular canticle. So if you want to do that, whenever you see the red R, just go back and read one of those refrains, and then continue on after that. 
When you're done reading or singing the canticle, turn back to page 31, where your gray ribbon is. Next up, you will see the prayers of thanksgiving and intercession. And you'll see that there's space for you to include your own prayers of thanksgiving and your own prayers of intercession as well. Turn the page, and at the top of page 32, you will find a concluding collect. That's a certain type of prayer that follows a particular pattern. And then after that, you can sing or say the Lord's Prayer. You'll see that musical versions are available in Glory to God, in the Presbyterian Hymnal, and in the Psalter, Psalms and Canticles for Singing. If you simply want to read the Lord's Prayer, you'll find two different versions of that on page 12. That's what that number 12 in parentheses means there in red. So if you look at page 12, uh, the option number two is the more traditional version that many Presbyterian churches use. Option one is a more contemporary translation used in a variety of traditions today. Go back to page 32, and then the service concludes with the dismissal. That is morning prayer for Monday. Morning prayer for other days of the week follows the same general pattern. Let's take a look at the morning prayer for Tuesday. Turn to page 42, and you'll see Tuesday morning prayer. The headings here are all the same, but some of the details are different. One of the opening sentences is always the same, Psalm 51, 15, but the other one is different. The wording for the thanksgiving for baptism changes, as does the wording for the prayers of thanksgiving and intercession, and then turn the page, the concluding collect as well, and the words in the dismissal. But the format stays exactly the same. The details just change for each different day of the week. All right, we've covered morning prayer. Now it's time for midday prayer. Go back to page 33. This is where your gray ribbon should be now and you will find midday prayer for Mondays. It begins with opening sentences, then continues with an optional hymn from Glory to God or the Presbyterian Hymnal. Next would come a psalm, if you're following a schedule that requires three or more psalms per day. Now that eight-week psalter that I've been using only includes psalms for use in the mornings and evenings, so I have not been including a psalm at this point. Then it's time for scripture. For midday prayer, this is typically going to be a reading from the Old Testament. Go back to your red ribbon at page 623. Look at Monday. And you'll see that the Old Testament reading for May 29th, 2023 is Deuteronomy 4, verses 9 through 14. Now, those of you who have been listening to this podcast for some time know that I've been including also readings from the Apocrypha. That was my own edition. I felt the Apocrypha is too unfamiliar to too many people, including myself, so I have simply been adding it as an additional reading, and we've been reading it in sequential order, one little section at a time. If you wish to continue that practice, you're ready to pick up at Ecclesiasticus, or the Wisdom of Jesus, Son of Sirach, chapter 25. Once you've read the scripture readings, there's a time for prayer. Go back to your ribbon, your gray ribbon, on page 33, and you'll see, following the responses to the scripture, you'll see some instructions here in red at the bottom of the page. They give you some general guidance, but you have some options here. 
Notice that it makes reference to the prayer of the day. There are prayers of the day for all Sundays in the year and also for each special day that falls on other days of the week, like Ash Wednesday. If you turn to page 226, the top of the page, you will find the prayer of the day for Trinity Sunday. And you're going to use that one next Sunday. Then you'll use the prayers that come after that on subsequent Sundays. Again, paying attention to what a specific day of the year it is. We'll come back to this section later on. For now, what you need to know is that there is not a prayer of the day for Monday, May 29th, 2023, because it's not a Sunday or any other special day in the church calendar. Now, turn next to page 449. Beginning on this page are a whole series of prayers from the long history of the church, and they're arranged in chronological order. I've been typically including one of these prayers every day, and I've just chosen one at random. Now turn to page 489, and here is a long section containing prayers for use on various specific occasions. There are a wide range of prayers here, more than a hundred of them, and I've typically been including one of these chosen at random as well. You probably don't want to do that because some of these won't apply to your particular circumstance. I've just included all of them periodically over time because I know that somebody out there needs one of these prayers whenever. Now, turn back to page 470. And you'll find here in this section a series of litanies that can be used in different circumstances or for particular days. It begins with what's called the Great Litany. This is a very long litany. I've typically used this one on Sundays during Lent and on every day of Holy Week. Turn a couple pages and you'll find the Litany for Gathering. I've been using that on New Year's Day. Next is the Litany of Thanksgiving. That's a good one for Thanksgiving Day. Litany of Confession. I've used that on December 20 or excuse me 31st to close out the year. The Litany for the Church. Sometimes I've used that on Pentecost. Next is a Litany on the Commandments. I've used that one on Ash Wednesday. Then there's a litany on the Beatitudes. This one's fairly lengthy. I've spread this out over several days uh, during the Christmas season. And then finally, there's a litany called Glory to God, which I have found uh, very useful for all the other special festivals that occur throughout the church year, like Ascension Day, for example. It's a great day to glorify God. Now, you're welcome to experiment with all these lit litanies as, ever, as you feel led. There's not one right way to do this. It just gives you a bunch of different options. Turn back to page 33, where your ribbon is. Actually, you're going to now move that ribbon to page 34. And at the top of the page is a collect, which you can use to bring this time of prayer to a close. Then you can say or sing the Lord's Prayer and close with a dismissal. That's... Midday prayer.
And again, like morning prayer, the format for midday prayer is the same on the other six days of, week, of the week, but the details differ. So if you turn to page 42, excuse me, not page 42, page 45, you'll see Tuesday midday prayer. And the format here is identical to what we just looked at, but the wording of the prayers and some of the scripture verses change. Now, I should also mention here that I was, for a long while, also including an excerpt from the Presbyterian Church's Book of Confessions, our theological document, in midday prayer. This also was my own edition. It's not mentioned in this book. But this practice of reading through the Book of Confessions uh, derives from a practice used by an organization within the church called the Company of Pastors. The idea was that it would be good for pastors to read through the entire book of confessions in a two-year cycle. There is a table of readings for that, but it's not included here in this book of common prayer. There is, however, a book of common prayer app. You can just search for it in your app store. And for a couple of extra bucks, that app will show you the readings from the book of confessions as well. Now, to be, per to be perfectly honest, I don't particularly appreciate that app. It only includes the basic elements of daily prayer and not the rich variety of resources that are included in this book. And I also discovered that for the confessions, it doesn't include any of the introductions or the section headings that you can actually find in the book of confessions. So I ended up modifying the schedule somewhat for use in the podcast to include those introductions as well. Don't worry about all that. Suffice it to say that if you want to include the Confessions, you'll need a copy of the Book of Confessions, which you can order from the PCUSA store online, and then you can just read through them at your own pace. One good practice is to use the Apostles' Creed and the Nicene Creed on the Sundays and the other Confessions on the other days of the week, alternating between the Nicene and Apostles' Creed so that you read one of those two creeds every other week. So today, Pentecost, we read the Nicene Creed. Next week, Trinity Sunday, would be time for the Apostles' Creed. Okay, now let's move on to evening prayer. Turn to page 35, and you will find Monday evening prayer. Now this is going to start to feel somewhat similar to you, having covered now morning prayer and evening prayer. A lot of this should start to feel familiar. It begins with opening sentences followed by an evening hymn. Now, this is typically a very old hymn. It's called the Phos Hilaron, uh, or the Hymn to Christ the Light. You can find that on page 427, and there are also some musical versions of it, as noted here in red. Um, notice here that this is a good time to light some additional candles. You can also begin the service with a large candle lit. Next comes the Thanksgiving for Light, which the instructions at the top of the page tell you is optional. Turn the page, and now you are ready for the Psalms. It begins with what's called the Evening Psalm, which is Psalm 141, which you can find on page 415. Note the instruction, incense may be burned. The practice of burning incense at times of prayer goes all the way back to the practices of the temple in Jerusalem in ancient Israel. If you want to try using incense but don't know where to find it, I've been using Legacy Icons, which is online at LegacyIcons.com, and they have a wide variety of incense flavors. 
You'll need an incense burner and charcoal, or alternatively, a smokeless incense burner with a candle. You can feel free to experiment with incense. I'm not going to take too much time to talk about all that right now. Let me just say that the beauty of incense lies in smell as it's being burned, but also in the smoke, which is clearly rising up, very visible. And the idea is our prayers are going up to God like the way the smoke from burning incense does. Psalm 141 specifically mentions the burning of incense, which is why it's offered as the first evening prayer. It is optional, though, so you could skip it if you wish. After that comes the psalm or the psalms that are appointed for the day. Go back to that chart on page 643. Just a moment. There it is. Eight-week Psalter. Week three, Monday, you'll see the evening psalms are Psalms 8 and 56. And you can find those in the book here on pages 260 and 314. When you're done reading the psalms, go back to page 36, where your gray ribbon should be by this point. And now it's time for the evening scripture. So now you'll go back to page 623, where your red ribbon is. And the gospel lesson for tomorrow is Luke 14, verses 25 to 35. Read that in your Bible, then return back again to page 36, where your gray ribbon is. And after the scripture comes the canticle. For most of the year, for evening prayer, this is the Magnificat, the Song of Mary, which you can find on pages 425 to 426, or there are musical versions as well. Next come the prayers of thanksgiving and intercession. These are very similar to the morning prayers. Those end with a collect. Next comes the Lord's Prayer, either spoken or said. And then there's an option of including an evening song, or excuse me, an evening hymn. Turn the page, and the service concludes with a dismissal. And, as should be no surprise by now, the format for evening prayer for the other six days of the week follows this same exact pattern. The details just differ. The final prayer of the day is night prayer, or prayer at the close of the day. This is a prayer ideally offered just before you go to bed. So look at page 39. It begins with opening sentences, continues with an optional hymn, and then a prayer of confession. There are actually three different prayers of confession here. I just rotate between them. Next comes a psalm. There are nine specific psalms that are recommended here. I just rotate between those nine. Then there's a brief reading from Scripture, which is given to you, followed by a response to the Scripture. And then there's a prayer. There are some options there for including more thanksgivings and intercessions, if you wish, and some time for silent prayer. Then there's a concluding prayer, and then you close with the Lord's Prayer. Then comes the canticle. In this case, it's the Song of Simeon, also called the Nunc Dimittis. You can find that on pages 426 and 427, or there are also musical versions of it. And then the service closes with a dismissal. And once again, the format's the same on the other days of the week, but some of the details differ. 
So those are the four services of daily prayer. Now we need to talk about seasonal variations. There are specific forms provided for the first Sunday of Advent through the day of Epiphany and for Ash Wednesday through the day of Pentecost, plus five other specific days in the church year, the Baptism of the Lord, the Transfiguration of the Lord, Trinity Sunday, All Saints Day, and Christ the King, which is also called the Reign of Christ. Let's start here with Advent, which begins on page 100, and it continues all the way to page 118. And you'll find here one rubric for evening prayer. You're going to use this same one throughout the entire season of Advent. Then there's one night prayer or prayer at the close of day, which you'll use at the end of every day throughout the entire season of Advent. One morning prayer, and then one midday prayer. And these all follow the same format as what we've just been discussing, but of course the details differ and they're tied with the themes of the Advent season. For evening prayer, for example, the verses from Scripture are different, the prayers are different, there are three options for canticles, and I just rotate between those, and so forth. Note that the wording for the prayers of thanksgiving are not included. If you look back at page 103 and 104, you'll see that it gives you some instructions in red, but it doesn't offer you specific wording for the thanksgiving and intercession prayers. You can create your own, or you can alternatively use the wording for the appropriate day of the week from the earlier section of the book that we were covering earlier. And the same is true for morning prayer as well. And then you have a choice of three concluding collects here. Just follow the instructions for all four daily prayers, and you'll be fine. Make special note of the collects and litanies that appear beginning on pages 115. You're going to use those prayers on the days appointed. So there are prayers of the day for the four Sundays of Advent. There's a very old Advent litany called the O Antiphons that's typically used from December 17th through 23rd. Then there's a litany here for lighting Advent candles if you want to do that. And that's Advent. Next comes the Christmas season, which runs from December 12th to January 5th. Actually, January 6th is Epiphany and is covered on pages 119 to 138. So, once again, there's a rubric for evening prayer, and night prayer, or prayer at the close of day, for morning prayer, and for midday prayer. There are also some specific prayers, specifically use for use on Epiphany, January 6th, then are interspersed throughout. So, for example, if you look back at page 131, you'll see... Uh, there's a collect there for use in uh, morning prayer on the day of Epiphany. And then jump ahead to page 134, and you'll find a whole set of collects and litanies for the Easter season, beginning with a prayer of adoration, which you can use any time. Prayers of the day for Christmas Eve and Christmas Day, for the first Sunday of Christmas, the second Sunday of Christmas, for the new year, and for Epiphany. There's a litany for Christmas, and there's a litany for Epiphany. 
Also on page 138, there is a tradition called chalking the doors, which is also appropriate for Epiphany. After Epiphany, the next special day is Baptism of the Lord, which always falls on the Sunday between January 7th to 13th. And the next special day after that is the Transfiguration of the Lord, which is always the Sunday just before Ash Wednesday. Those two days and the eaves of those two days are covered on pages 139 to 158. So there is again an evening prayer, and a night prayer, and a morning prayer, and a midday prayer, specifically for those two days. And then you'll see collects and litanies beginning on page 154. There are prayers of the day for baptism of the Lord. And then for each of the Sundays between Epiphany and Transfiguration. And then a prayer of the day for Transfiguration. There's also a litany for baptism of the Lord and a litany for transfiguration of the Lord. Then comes the season of Lent, beginning with Ash Wednesday and concluding with Holy Week. That's all covered on pages 159 to 180. I'm not going to cover all that in detail. You should be getting the hang of this by now. That continues a long ways. Let's see here all the way to page 180. And then the seven-week season of Easter comes next. That's covered on pages 181 to 208. It also includes the Ascension of the Lord on the 40th day of Easter and the day of Pentecost on the 50th day of Easter. This is the season we've just finished. It's going to be a while before you get here, but these are the rubrics that I just used today for Pentecost. Then there remains one final section, loosely called the time after Epiphany, excuse me, the time after Pentecost, and this is all covered on pages 209 to 237. This is a long period that stretches all the way from now until late November. And there are three special days in this whole period. Trinity Sunday, which is the Sunday after Pentecost, all Saints Day, which is always November 1st or the first Sunday in November, and then Christ the King or the Reign of Christ, which is the Sunday immediately preceding Advent, and that's always going to be between November 20th and 26th. So for those three special days, there's evening prayer and night prayer and morning prayer and midday prayer. And then beginning on page 226, you'll find collects. Uh, and litanies begin with prayers of the day, starting with Trinity Sunday, and then for each Sunday after Trinity Sunday. And you'll find here the prayers of the day also for All Saints Day. That one's on page 233. And the prayer of the day for Christ the King on page 234. There's also here a litany for Trinity Sunday, and a litany for All Saints Day, and a litany for the reign of Christ. So now we've walked through the entire year. And there's just one final thing I want to cover, and that is the Vigil of the Resurrection. This is the special weekly service designed for use on Saturday evening, either in addition to or in place of Saturday evening prayer. It's intended to help us prepare to celebrate the Lord's Day on Sunday. 
And this service is described right at the very beginning of the book, starting on page 6. You're going to want a candle for this service and also some kind of basin that you can use to represent a baptismal font. And the service is very straightforward. Opening sentences, the evening hymn, which is again the Fos Hilleron, the hymn to Christ the Light. Then the Thanksgiving for Light. Psalm 118, there are two different portions of it that you can alternate between. Then Psalm 150. And then a reading called the Resurrection Gospel. There are ten readings here, all from the resurrection accounts and appearances of Jesus as recorded in the four Gospels. You'll just rotate through these over a period of ten weeks. Turn the page. The service continues with the Thanksgiving for Baptism, followed by one of two canticles. And then there's some optional prayers of Thanksgiving and intercession that you can include if you wish. And then a final prayer. You can include the Lord's Prayer if you want. And then finally a dismissal. It's all pretty straightforward. Just follow the instructions in red. So, that's it. How to use the Book of Common Worship Daily Prayer Edition in your personal daily worship of God. Now I realize I've just given you a whole lot of information and it may sound all a little bit overwhelming at first. When I first began using this book, I felt a little overwhelmed as well. I didn't have a teacher to guide me. I just had to figure it out on my own. My hope is that these instructions will make it a little easier for you. One final comment. I would strongly encourage you to read the daily prayer services out loud and the scripture readings as well. I think most people pay more attention to what words actually mean if they're verbalizing them aloud. You're not only going to use your eyes, but also your mouth and your ears when you read them aloud. So you're using more of your body. It's more ways for your brain to engage with what you're reading and to interact with the material. So that more of you is worshiping God. I hope this has been helpful. Blessings and peace as you continue your journey.